somebody give him some breakout praise. He is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, every hand clapping. Every voice lifted. Praise God. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Let me try that again. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Y'all have been surprisingly subdued over the last couple of weeks. And I know that Santa Claus is coming to town. But he ain't here yet. And Jesus is here. Amen. I, I know. Sin, sin doesn't know what day it is. And it doesn't know what month it is or what season that it is. And this world still needs the church in December. And it needs the church to be on fire in December. It's not really even cold outside, y'all. My Lord, what y'all so frozen for? Y'all just in chill mode? Is that what's going on? Ah, yeah, hey, church, yeah, Sunday night. Let's get out of here. Man, but if you, if you just think about the goodness of Jesus... And all, and all he's done for you. Your soul might cry out. Hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. He can save people in December. Amen. I'm not, I'm not trying to hype you up, but I am trying to wake you up. So, some of y'all are literally just standing there looking at me going. Yeah, get on with it. Say what you got to say. We're hungry. Amen. The Lord, the Lord has been, been good today. They baptized three in Jesus' name at Hope. And if you were at the 2 p.m. Louisville Central service, it just, it just felt so right and so perfect. And all I could do was stand there with my hands lifted saying, we got to get this building, we got to get this building, we got to get this building. It was wonderful. It was powerful. It was powerful. And I, I, told, I told Brother BK, uh, I said, man, you looked good up there too. And I, I don't mean it like that, but it just, it just looked like right. It just looked like he was supposed to be there. And it was, that's the only way that I can put it. That's the only way that I can put it. A number of guests there today. A number of people that we have not seen in some time and a lot of praying through going on and I am excited about the future of Louisville Central could not be more excited about it next next Sunday is going to be a powerful day Brother James Corbin from India will be here with us. Uh, he will be preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. But Sunday night, and this is for all campuses. Um, we've all talked about this and staff, and we've agreed that the best thing to do is that while he is here in this building, uh, he can't get to every building, but while he is in this building, 
we will all together um, commit our faith promises to God. And this won't be coming up, getting an envelope. You will come in Sunday night or we will have the ushers during the service somehow. We'll figure it out. But everybody from the youngest to the oldest will have a faith promise brochure in their hand. Now, whether you use that or not is going to be between you and Jesus. But you will have them in your hand. Uh, this is a commitment for 2022 it's not for something you to turn in for the next 30 days this is what do I have the faith to believe that God will enable me to give over the next 12 months and if he will enable me to give it I promise to give it I have faith in his enablement and I promise to give what he enables me to give that's what a faith promise is and uh, it's going to be a powerful day it is going to change the course of this church forever. I firmly believe that. And we are going to focus, as we never have before, not only on North American missions, which is totally different. That's what we've been doing here. This here is a short-term offering that's due by the end of January. You can pay it now or you can pay it at the end of January, middle of January, first of January, wherever between now and then. And uh, the global, uh, the faith promises for global missions. Uh, as far as I know, our global missions director and his wife from Indiana will be here. And Bishop Joe Herod and his wife will be here because they want to be here. And uh, it's just going to be a special, special day. Now, they will be here Sunday night. Those folks will be here Sunday night. Brother Corbin will be here all day. Amen. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight on something that the Lord really laid on my spirit yesterday and it was germinating all day yesterday and today and I want to read three verses out of Psalms chapter 1 many of you will recognize this blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Here is my focus tonight. If you do these things, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I want to talk to you tonight about planting trees. Father, we, would you pray with me for just a moment? Thank you for the opportunity to be here in this place. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness on us, Lord. I pray that you would do something in our spirit tonight that would absolutely make us unshakable, unflappable, unalterable. We must make heaven. We must please you. We honor you, Lord, in this place tonight. I pray that you would saturate us with your spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And you may be seated I, um, I love trees. I love, I love all different kinds of trees. Now, probably Brother Steve should be preaching this message. But I, but I love trees. I, I love them in every season. And 
I have a piece of property. My family and I live on a piece of property and we are surrounded by trees and they are, they are beautiful in every season. Yesterday I was sitting on the balcony studying for this moment and it got a little cool and so I slipped into the sunroom and could see out the window and as the sun began to set I, I saw this beautiful orange purple hue that the sunset was creating as a backdrop for the silhouette of these fingers of the trees all around our house and I thought Lord, what a masterpiece that you have created us for us to live in. And I think that we underestimate the purpose of trees. They are, I think we can agree, they are, they are beautiful. The aesthetics of them, and perhaps you have your favorite trees, and perhaps you don't even notice them, but you should notice them. There's such a vital, beautiful part of God's creation. And so they serve for beauty. The Bible said that every tree was in the garden and they were beautiful to look at. They were good for sight. And so I'm thankful for the beauty of trees. They provide such a unique sound. There's a lot of times... If it's raining, I will go out on the balcony at our house and just sit there and just listen to the rain falling down through the trees, listening to the wind whipping its way through the leaves, the rustling of the limbs and the leaves and the swaying of their branches. And I feel close to God. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a new ager. And I'm not a tree hugger. To my knowledge, I've never hugged one. If I do, get me some help. But I love to listen to them. The wind and the rain flowing through them. They provide for us fruit. I will read about that here in just a moment. But before the flood, they were the only sustaining meat that God had given humanity to partake of. They provide shade. They provide covering from the heat and from the elements and from the weather. But one thing that I, I, love, to, I love about trees is they teach us about the process of growth. Slowly, steadily, they are this strong, constant symbol of growth. Water, sunlight, soil, and they grow. And they just continue to grow. And they grow taller, and when they stop growing taller, they grow thicker. And as far as I know, they're the only things on earth that, that provide for us a ring on the birthday of every tree. Now, I don't know what causes the ring. Brother Steve could probably educate us on that. But supposedly, and I assume that it's true, you're supposed to be able to cut a tree open from one side to the other, count the rings, and you'll have a good idea of how old that the tree is. It's a mark for every year that that tree has experienced. When we take these trees, and this is where I'm going to lose the tree huggers here, I don't know that there's any in the building. If you are, please don't get offended at me. But they, it was like God just provided this natural resource for building. You cut them up, and it's one bys and two bys and beams and plywood and all of these natural-born building materials that can make these beautiful pieces of furniture and these buildings that, that you just look around everywhere, and you'll see it even right here in this building and right up here on the platform you will see wood used for various reasons and the next thing that they do is they they provide a healthy atmosphere they 
they are capable of changing the atmosphere through the process of photosynthesis. They, they, release, they release oxygen into the air. And so trees have the ability to enhance the fresh air that we, that we breathe. And then one more thing that I will elaborate on just a little bit is that they provide for us paper. Now, that doesn't seem such a big deal, but paper, I, I understand that it's becoming less and less a commodity in our world because of electronics, but for generations it has supplied people with the ability to write poetry that becomes renowned, books that people read and educate themselves, and that all comes, of course, from trees. Other than people and God, trees are the most mentioned living thing in the Bible. And so if they are the third most mentioned living things, I'd I think I want to understand some things about trees. In Genesis 2, the Lord God took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. To dress it and to keep it. We understand the importance here that in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, trees are Mentioned in the first chapter of the book of Psalms, trees are mentioned. And in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, trees are mentioned and everywhere in between. In Proverbs 3, wisdom, which is given the pronoun she, is compared to the tree of life. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Wisdom is a tree of life. There were only two trees that were mentioned in the Garden of Eden. That was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so now we find not knowledge, but wisdom is the tree of life. And happy is everyone that retaineth her. Every major character and every major theological event in the Bible was associated with a tree. The typology there is powerful. Now, I'm not going to have time tonight to mention every scenario, but I am going to mention quite a few because I want you to grasp the simplicity and yet the importance of trees in the eyes of God. In Genesis 49, Joseph, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, is compared to a tree. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, and it is important where the tree sits. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And now Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. They are far reaching, they are fruitful, they are a blessing to all those that come in the proximity of Joseph and his. Descendants. Jeremiah the prophet put it like this Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease. From yielding fruit. Those are the blessings that come from trusting in the Lord. There is a natural fruitfulness that comes out of the tree. Amen. The person, the person, you are the tree that is trusting in the Lord. Your leaf is green and you will be constantly, you will not cease from yielding fruit. Isaiah talked about Christ in a prophetic word, and it said, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness in him, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was a tender plant. Many just understood that he was the root 
by which everything in the kingdom of God would flow out of tender, the root out of dry ground. If Christ is compared to trees and plants, I want to understand why they are so important in God's eyes. In Genesis chapter 8 and 9, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground man or made the Lord God to grow every tree. Everybody say every tree. That was pleasant to the sight and good for food. Trees were assigned the task of keeping man alive. In Genesis 1.29, God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree. Everybody say every tree. In the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. Trees produce not only their own unique kind of fruit, but they produce their own reproducing seed. It is something about the power of the process of synthesis that the Lord has put together in his creation. And yet he compared the man that would not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful or listen to the voice of the ungodly. He compared him that has delight in the law of the Lord, in which he meditates every day and every night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season, his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I am giving you tonight the keys to prosperity. I am giving you the keys to understanding what it means to be a child of God and to be planted not to be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. Not to be swayed by the opinions of people that have no real relationship with God. To be stable. To be rock solid. Trees are a centerpiece of God's story both in this world and in the world to come. They represent stability and they represent strength. They represent this stalwart connection to the soil. And consistent long-term growth. I am giving you some very simple principles tonight. Whether you ever are afraid of the fact that you may backslide. That am I going to make it to heaven? Am I going to be able to stay in the church? Am I going to be able to weather and survive the next storm? And the answer is... If you apply the principles in Psalms chapter 1, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. <laughs> Trees teach us about seasons which come and they go and every season has a purpose. They teach us about the power of a strong root system. You need to set your roots down. You need to figure out where God wants you to be. Don't be a church hopper. Don't, don't be someone, well, the Spirit of the Lord led me over here. No, the Spirit of the Lord didn't lead me over here. You just didn't want to submit to anybody. You didn't want to put roots down. No, you're not a prophet or a prophetess because the wind blew and you got caught up in some kind of wind of doctrine and floating around from church to church. No, no, you got to have a root system. You got to be planted in the right kind of soil. It's called sound doctrine. Clap your hands if you believe that. Trees teach us about adapting. They teach us about bearing fruit. And they teach us about pruning and weathering storms. Sometimes you do have to be pruned. Sometimes there are some limbs in your life that rot and they fall off to the ground. And there's some things, there's some times that, that, that things in your life have to be cut back to prepare for the next season. Amen. This season, this fall, uh, we had somebody come by and they pruned all of our landscape here because we didn't have it done the, the year before. And when you don't prune it right, when it comes spring, it just overgrows and it doesn't grow right and it's, it can't shape right and all. There's some times that the Lord has to take you through some pruning processes and some pruning seasons. You don't have to amen me. I'm going to preach anyhow. There's some times that the Lord has to shave some rough edges off of you. 
don't, don't begrudge and don't complain about the times that God is cutting things back in your life so that he can produce something new out of your life when the springtime comes. <laughs> Trees teach us about natural beauty. Trees have no vanity in their nature. If you don't believe that, have you ever seen a tree wearing lipstick? They teach us about natural beauty. They, there is no vanity in them. There is no pretense in them. They understand what God has created them for. They are, they are not trying to become something else. Say, well, they don't have the ability to do it. Well, wouldn't that be wonderful if we didn't have the ability to resist the will of God? But they grow and they prosper and their, their branches get thicker and stronger and they reach out and their leaves are green and the fruit comes upon, upon the limbs. And the Lord said, if you do these things that I told you, you shall be like a tree. Stay with me. The examples used in scripture give us a wealth of knowledge and understanding about creative process. I have often wondered why in the world does God even mention different kinds of trees? What's the purpose? What, what does it matter? Why is, why is the fig tree a type of Israel? Why is the almond tree a type of Christ? Why was it why was Aaron's rod that budded that was placed in the ark the rod of an almond tree? Why did God ask Jeremiah, what seest thou? And he said, I see the rod of an almond tree. He said, I will hasten to perform it. Why would the Lord place these details in scripture? I'm afraid I don't have the answer to that tonight. But what I know is this, every tree is unique. It has its own kind of skin on it. It has its own kind of bark. It bears its own kind of, kind of fruit. It has its own beautiful leaves. They turn different colors in the fall. And, and they have their own unique purpose. They have their own unique root system. They have the own, their own unique height and thickness. And it is a type of the body of Christ, the forest of God, that grows into something that through diversity, that every person's gift can be used for the kingdom and the glory of God that every detail of every person's life is ordered of God you're not here by accident you are here because you were uniquely created and crafted the way God chose to create you trees were at the center of the plot to destroy all of humanity in the garden the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the almond tree is spoken of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 9. The apple tree in Song of Solomon. The fir tree in Ezekiel 31. The cedars of Lebanon that were used to construct the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. The sycamore tree that Jesus found Zacchaeus up in when he was passing through. Zacchaeus climbed up to see him because the crowd was great. We read about the mustard tree that Jesus used as the illustration of faith that starts as the smallest of seeds but becomes the greatest of herbs. And he said, such is the kingdom of heaven. We read about the fig tree that he cursed and the fig tree that Nathaniel was, was under before Philip ever came to him and Jesus saw him. And what about the tree that Jesus Christ hung on, which was passion nailed to a tree? And the rustling of the mulberry trees that we read about in Scripture and the beloved olive tree in Israel, the groves that Abraham planted and Jesus himself who was the root and the offspring of David, the branch of Jesse. What about the burning bush and even the true vine? of the vineyard Jesus himself we understand that without a tree the waters of Merah may still be bitter it was a tree that was cast into that which was a type of Calvary it was a type of Christ it was a type of, of, of the sacrifice of the Messiah that brought sweetness to things that were bitter sin is bitter but Christ is sweet if you're drinking the water of the world and the water of the world is bitter Get a tree in the water of your life and God will make it sweet. We learn that from a tree. So the question that we are asked in the Garden of Eden is, what tree will you eat from? 
Because whatever tree that you eat from is the kind of tree that you will become. When they ate from the wrong tree, they tried to cover themselves with the leaves of a fig tree. They were in the midst of a garden. They were surrounded by the typology of God. They were overcome by divine lessons from heaven in nature. And they didn't even see it. Just like us, we drive down the road. We don't pay attention to the kind of trees on the side of the road. But they are a constant lesson to us of the things that I illustrated earlier. In First Chronicles chapter 14, the scripture said, It shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees. That word going means marching. It literally means when you hear the sound of the armies of the Lord marching atop the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go out to battle. It was a signal. It was a sound in the trees that gave David a signal for battle. Can I just stop right here in the middle of the message and tell you that every wind going through the trees is not heard the same by everybody. The enemy didn't understand. It was just another wind blowing through the trees to them. But the man of God had already been given a word from the Lord. And God said, when you hear heaven's armies marching in the tops of the trees, it's going to sound just like a wind to the enemy. But you're going to hear a sound of marching. And if heaven is marching, it's time for you to march. The people of God hear things that other people don't hear. You should listen. You should listen sometimes when the wind begins to blow through the trees and when the rain begins to drop down through the trees. You should listen to find out if there's something else that you're hearing that somebody else is not hearing. In 1 Kings chapter 19, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. I don't know why he told us what kind of tree that it was, but he mentioned it. And so it's important. Every word of God is pure. And the prophet requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. You ought to pay attention next time you're sitting under a tree, feeling sorry for yourself. You ought to pay attention the next time you're out working in the landscape and nobody else is out there because it just might be a place that the Lord has taken you into. The Lord specializes in speaking in the middle of gardens. It was the Lord himself that withdrew himself to a garden of Gethsemane with those olive trees that had been there since the ancient of days. I feel my help coming on right now. Somehow, some way, we've got to understand that there are reminders of God's will and God's purpose and his power around us every day of our lives. It's there. It's the voice of God speaking. Are you here tonight? I don't know why it told us that Deborah judged Israel under a palm tree in Judges chapter 4. I don't know why the city of Luz, which was renamed Bethel, originally it was Luz. The word Luz means an almond tree. It was the place of an almond tree that God turned into a house of God. The almond tree being a type of Christ. I don't know why that the Lord made it that way, but he did. He's trying to teach us a lesson. A lesson. In Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I wonder, is there anybody out there right now that is poor that needs me to preach to you? I wonder, is there anybody out there that's, that's feeling meek and low and humble needs preaching to you tonight? I wonder, is there any broken-hearted people out there that needs binding up? I wonder, is there any captives out there that needs me to proclaim liberty to you? I wonder, is there anybody in prison out there that needs me to tell you that the one who opens the prison doors is in this building tonight? He said, he anointed me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Jubilee, where you get it all back, everything you've lost, all the debt that you were in. It gets wiped out. 
the slavery that you're in, you get set free. He anointed me to preach that year to you. And the day of vengeance of God to comfort, comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. For this reason, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He is not glorified when you're flaky and wishy-washy. He's not glorified when you're in church one minute and out the next. He's not glorified in our backsliding. He is not glorified in being up one minute and down the next. Uh, but when he can pull somebody out of prison, when he can bind up somebody's broken heart, when he could set at liberty them that are bruised, when he could preach good tidings unto the poor, the planting of the Lord is going to take place in your life and you're going to be called the trees of righteousness. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. The fall of man began with a tree. The redemption of man began with a tree. He died on a tree to save the forest. And then we see in his life, in his adulthood, that he was the master carpenter. He was the woodworker. He was the master craftsman. He was the the framer, the trim worker, building lives and building his kingdom. Can you imagine? Jesus had his hand every day of his life on the piece of material that he would hang on years later. He was getting acquainted with the tree. He was getting acquainted with the wood because he understood that if I can't go to the tree, I got to know what it feels like. My God, have mercy. I got to put my hands on it. I got to feel the texture of it. I got to understand how to shape it and mold it and build it. I got to understand this thing that I'm going to hang on. Jesus had death threats on his life from the time of his birth when Herod sent out that decree across the land and said, we're going to kill all the firstborn. They were trying to kill him. The Sanhedrin was trying to kill him. He'd slip out through the crowd and say, don't tell anybody about what you just saw because he knew his time had not come. But the reason they could not kill him was because he was the tree of life. You cannot kill what won't die. He was the resurrection and the life. He didn't just hang on a tree. He was the tree. Say, well, I thought they did kill him. No, they didn't kill him. He laid his life down. Jesus knew in all of your attempts and all of your conspiracies and all of your backdoor meetings and your 30 pieces of silver and Herod's decrees at the time of my birth that my parents told me about, uh, they can't kill me because all I've got to do is call for a legion of angels to come and take me off of whatever they nail me to. Uh, but I'm going to lay down my life because I'm the tree that's going to grow a forest. I'm the founder of the church. I'm the great I am. I'm the one who's going to build this building upon a rock. And so he became the cursed. Cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The blood of Jesus caused this dead tree, which is the cross, that was used as a Roman torture instrument. He caused it to grow into the symbol of life everlasting, the tree of life. Revelation tells us that the leaves of that tree, if you ever wonder what that tree of life in Revelation was, it's him. The leaves of that tree were for the healing of the nations. He said, I didn't just come for the Jew. I came for everybody. 
I came for every tree. I came for every nation. I came for the fir. I came for the juniper. I came for the pine. Come on, somebody. I came for the blue spruce. I came for the oak. I came for the acorn. I came for the almond tree. Somebody ought to praise him right now. And so trees, yeah. And so back to the eight purposes of trees. These are eight that I've listed. There's probably more, but they are aesthetically beauty. They are beautiful. He is beauty for situation, the king of the whole earth. He represents his glory. Every tree represents the majesty of God and the glory of God upon your life. The truth and the glory that came in Christ Jesus. Beauty. And then is that sound that I talked about. The wind that blows through the trees. The sound of rain, that unique sound of rain that comes down through the trees. When the wind of the Spirit and the rain of the Holy Ghost begin to blow and pour through and on your life. He shall be like a tree. The fruit is the fruit of the Spirit that we feast on. And that mankind around us feeds on. Can I just stop right here and tell you? I don't care if they pay attention to you at all. I don't care if they talk about you behind your back at family reunions. It doesn't matter what they say about you around the water cooler. Somebody in that office is partaking of the fruit that's coming out of your life. And they are, help me Holy Ghost right now. They are developing an appetite for a diet that they're not used to partaking of. Every time you come in the office with a smile on your face, every time you walk in the gas station with a how you doing today, good to see you. Thank you for what you're doing for our community. Every time you walk up into a family reunion and they're sitting there puffing their cigarettes and they're, and they're drinking their alcohol and they're spitting out profanity, here comes the tree. Into the family reunion. And they're saying, I don't really like apples. But I don't think I can resist. After a while, they develop an appetite and they say, I don't know how it got there, but I want what's growing in your life. I want the fruit that's coming out of your mouth. I can't get anything to come out of my mouth but cuss words and profanity. But all I hear is a praise on your lips. Oh, the fruit of our lips. Well, hallelujah. You can be seated. And then there's the shade. Come here, Pastor Jackson. Hope, stand up. There's the shade. Put your hands up. Put your branches up. There's the covering of the branches. That when life is hard, you just come under the covering. They say, help me, Pastor. All I need to know is that you know where I'm at. Can I hide under the covering of your branches here? And the reason you can do that is because he's under the covering of the branches of Christ. There's another covering. I'm telling you the shade in the kingdom of God. Come here, Pastor BK. Stand up, LC. When life gets hard, put your branches out. There's a covering. The enemy can't get to you unless you come out from under the covering. You're covered. Come on, some of you need to understand Trees have a purpose in your life. You can be seated. They teach us about strong growth, consistent growth. Anybody ever got a chair and just sat out in the yard? I don't even think Brother Steve has done this. Got a chair and just sat out and just looked at a tree. What are you doing? 
I said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm watching it grow. You know, it doesn't grow that fast, right? Well, I know it got from this tall to this tall somehow. And so I'm going to sit here and watch it grow. That's not the way it works. But that's what you're doing in your own life. Sitting in the mirror. Saying, why aren't things getting better? How, how come I don't feel different? How, how come I don't feel like I'm maturing? How, how come I don't feel like I'm growing? How, how come I feel like my, my prayer life is stagnant? It, it's probably not as stagnant as you think. But little by little, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, every little increment in your life, every prayer that you pray, there's growth coming. Every time you come to the house of God, you're growing. Every time that you resist temptation, you're growing. Every time you get out the word of God, you're growing. You can't see it. But six months later, somebody walks in the house of God and say, how'd you get so tall? How'd you get so anointed? How'd you become such a prayer warrior? I don't know. It happened little by little, one day at a time, one minute at a time. I was growing. You can be seated. And trees are for building. We're built up a spiritual house. We're the two by fours. We're the plywood. We are in the hands of the master builder. He never gets it wrong. He never gets the measurements a millimeter off. You're not going to start here and go 200 feet down the building and be three quarters of an inch off. It's going to be line upon line. The Lord is perfecting your life and he's building you up. Trees provide a healthy atmosphere. They release oxygen. You're releasing the spirit. It's the release of the spirit in your life. It's the inhale and exhale of God. Every time we come in here, there's somebody that's had a closer walk with me this week. There's somebody that has prayed a little bit more than I have this week. There's somebody that had an encounter with God that I didn't have. And when you come in here, there is a faith that is released. There is an anointing that is released. And I've been struggling. I've been going through something. All of a sudden, I say... I don't know what it was, but I just caught my breath finally. I've been short of breath for a little while. Where did it come from? Somebody walked in here and released it into the atmosphere. You have the ability to change the atmosphere around you. Come on, I'm preaching to God's church here tonight. And trees, and trees are used for paper. It's very simple. You're a walking epistle known and read of all men. He has written his law upon the fleshly tables of the heart. You're God's paper. You're his poetry. You, you are his literature. You're the book that he's writing. My God have mercy. It looks like just a day-to-day struggle and grind to you. But God is writing an epic story about your life. How did they get to that place? Well, I'll tell you where he started. You can be seated. They made a decision that I am not going to listen to the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to let people speak that ungodly mess over my life. And I am not going to stand in the way of sinners. If they want to go that way, they can go that way. But I'm not going that way. I've decided I'm walking in a different way. And I'm not going to sit in the seat of some judgmental backslid critic that hates the church, hates the kingdom, hates the preacher, hates the word of God. I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful, but I'm going to delight in the law of the Lord. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to do it day in and day out. And God said, when you do that, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. My God, have mercy. My Lord, have mercy. Isaiah 60. I'm closing. Thy people also shall be all righteous. Think about that. 
He said, thy people also shall be all righteous. I'm thankful for the righteousness of God. I'm thankful that I don't have to live in the confines of this filthy flesh. But I've got a Savior that has imparted the righteousness of God to me. They shall inherit the land forever. Everybody say forever. Not just for a little, little while. Can I say it this way? We're not just renting this thing. It's ours. Not just for a little while, but forever. Well, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what he said about them. I'm closing. He said, they are the, the branch of my planting. You think you wound up here accidentally? You think you walked into hope accidentally? You think you came into LC accidentally? No, the Lord planted you here. Watch. The Lord said, their leaves have been withering. Their plant has been anemic. But I'm plucking them out of the soil of iniquity. And I'm bringing them over here. And I'm planting them in the kingdom of God. He said they are the branch of my planting. The work of my hands. God's fingerprints are on your life. They're the works of his hands. That I may be glorified. And he said watch this. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one a strong nation. I the Lord will hasten it in his time. In his time. In his time. So it doesn't matter what the season is. I'm still planted by the rivers of water. It doesn't matter to me whether it's cold or hot outside. It don't matter to me what the color of my leaves are. I am planted by the rivers of water. That they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I am a tree planted by rivers. Listen to me. I am strong. I am rooted, I am healthy, I am beautiful in every season. Sometimes my leaves are green, sometimes they're yellow, sometimes they're purple, sometimes they're orange. Sometimes in winter, my branches don't have any leaves and they are bare, but spring is coming and new life is gonna come out of my life. I'm his tree, his wind is blowing through my branches his rain is coming down upon my life and I am fruitful oh somebody ought to praise him right now somebody ought to praise him right now stand to your feet now we're going to pray here in just a moment but I want to show you something come here Pastor Jackson one more time put your branches up it's going to go through seasons. You go through seasons. But when he don't even realize anything's going on, the seeds of new life and new growth are falling to the ground. Did you know an acorn that, dropped, that drops under that wide canopy of the oak? It cannot grow in the shade. So you know what God does? He created squirrels that have a short-term memory that pick up the acorn. And they run over and they bury it somewhere. Yeah, that was a squirrel. And they bury it somewhere, but they forget that they buried it there. And what happens is that the rain comes down and all of a sudden a new oak corn, a new oak tree is born out of that acorn that, that dropped there, but it grew over here. God, come here. Come here, Pastor BK. God is fixing to take some trees and turn it into an orchard because we're going to cover this city with the trees of righteousness or oh, somebody ought to praise him right now because when we think nothing is going on seeds are dropping 
from our branches into the soil. He's planting trees. I wish somebody would praise him right now. I wish somebody would praise him right now. Now watch this. This altar call is going to be a little different. We're going to pray intentionally. It's going to sound something like this. Lord, I need you to work on my root system. I need it to go deep and wide. I need it to get in the soil. I need it to grip the soil so that when the harshest winds blow and the tornadic storms come through my life, the tops of my branches may sway and people may see me swaying back and forth and teetering back and forth. But I know I'm not going to be moved because I've got a strong root system. You're not going to be able to pluck me up out of the ground, devil. And it's going to sound something like this. Lord, I pray that if I need some pruning, when I need some pruning, Lord, you don't need my permission. But I want you to know you've got my permission. That the next time you start cutting things back from my life, I'm not going to resist it. Because I know that I can't have the next season of growth until I have some things cut back out of my life. It's going to sound like this. Lord, I'm not going to sit in the council or the seat of the scornful. I'm not going to listen to scornful people. I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners. I am not going to listen to lies and hypocrisy. But I'm going to meditate in the law of the Lord day and night. Because I know if I do, I shall be planted. It's going to sound like this. Lord, I need you to plant me. I need you, Lord God, just to plant me in Jesus' name that nothing in hell and nothing in this world could shake me out of the soil where you have planted me. That's what this altar call is going to sound like tonight. Now, if you want to pray that prayer and you want to pray it like an apostolic prays it and you're passionate about this, I want you to say, God, use me to use my life to plant more trees. Use my life to plant more trees. I invite you to come right now. But I'm not inviting you to come and stand and look at one another. I'm not inviting you to come and pray in a whisper here right now. I'm inviting you to come and talk to the Lord about the stability in your life and about the growth in your life. Come on, don't just saunter up here. I want you to come up here with passion. And I want you to tell the Lord God... You're going to turn me into a strong, stable, unshakable saint of God that's going to reproduce. My fruit is going to feed people. My leaves are going to be for the healing of the nations. My words are going to bring light to everybody around me. There's going to be seeds that are going to come out of my life that are going to plant more trees. In the name of Jesus, oh God, somebody needs to pray it right now. God, use me in the vision. Use me in the vision. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's it. Come on, I want you to lift your voice. He said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. I believe the trees will lift their branches as well. I don't care if you've been backslid. You're in the house of God now. I don't care how much time you've wasted. It's not too late to pray that prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we're going to pray for a while. We're going to pray for a while. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Oh, ha la ba ka la la ba sa ta ya. Ha 
sin against you. Yeah, come on, somebody. Are you thankful for where you're planted? Are you thankful the, for the growth process in your life? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel it. I feel it. Oh, Sataya. In the name of Jesus, you may feel like a small sapling, but the Lord is going to grow you up into a strong, tall, stalwart tree. Oh, that he may be glorified. Hey, come on, close your eyes and cry out to him. Oh, close your eyes. We've got to have you, Lord. Would you move? Would you move on us, Lord? Come on, I feel a visitation of heaven in here right now. 